Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today I have with me Brent. How are you doing, Brent? Doing well, doing quite well. Excellent. Now, just to let the audience know who you are and so on, would you mind just uh, kicking off and giving everyone an introduction to who you are and what awesome things you do? (laughs) Yeah, sure thing. Um, So yeah, my name is Brent Zaradnik. I'm from Eastern United States and live currently in Southern France where I'm talking to you from here in sunny Montpellier. Um, And for four or five years now, I've run an Amazon advertising agency. So we work with businesses that are selling on Amazon, using it as a platform. Um, in both North America and European marketplaces and have a team of uh, 13 approaching 14 people, uh, depending on how many uh, people get back to us with our recent round of hiring. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that sounds great. So have, have you sort of had the same direction all the time since you started the business or have it changed a lot or no, have you gone to where you are? Yeah, it's, it, things have totally changed. So just a brief, uh, brief recap of the history. I mean, I started this company in 2015. Um, in fairly early 2015, I was exploring the possibilities of like, how can I make money online? And like, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with like four-hour work week and like these kinds of concepts, right? And so I was like, well, I want to travel more. I want to have more flexibility and freedom. How do I start to do this? And I tried a couple of things like running websites and um, doing other kinds of like things. It just didn't work out. Um, I do have a background in Google ads. So it kind of turned into uh, something with advertising because I did that for a couple of years in agency beforehand. And I had a friend who at the time was selling on Amazon and said, hey, you know something about ads, don't you? You know, can you help me with these ads on Amazon? And I said, this looks like a joke. And, you know, sure enough, in 2015, Amazon's ad platform really was a joke. Uh, but now, five years later, they've put billions of dollars into it, and it's like a huge thing. So, you know, at first, I never thought, oh, I'll be hiring people, I'll have a team, we'll have roles, we'll have responsibilities, and we'll have KPIs, and like all these things. I just thought, hey, you know what? I want to start helping Amazon sellers with with this. And at the time, I was also thinking, you know, Amazon sellers, FBA, which was very hot at that time. And, you know, sure enough, that got me to where I am now, but uh, it, the the vision for it has changed drastically. You know, it's it's a company that's much larger and much more important than just me now. Uh, you know, at the start, wasn't, that wasn't the case. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's what most companies go through. You're, you're definitely one of the ones that have made it through the thousand days. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at this it's point, always, yeah. It's always an interesting journey. And yeah. When, when did you hire your first employee, Brent? Uh, I think part-time, um, that would be 2016, towards the end of 2016. Um, okay. And that, that person is actually still with us today and is one of the more senior members of the team and does very well with the kind of elevated responsibilities and, and role that he has. So I would say that was a, that was a good hire. <laughs> yeah, pretty confident with that one. And that was awesome. late 2016. Yeah, I, I remember because I was in Japan at the time and uh, he was in the time zone a couple hours earlier. So we had to coordinate that, that first couple you know, interview calls. Yeah. Yeah, it's never easy. It's never easy. What's, what's been your biggest challenge so far? I mean, you've been going for, for about five years. What, what's been your biggest challenge so far management-wise in the business? 
That's a good question. Um, I would say <clears throat> one thing that I, I've done well and other people on the team who now help me with hiring have done well has been selection. So we've had very few people we've ever picked for the team that haven't been a really good cultural and kind of personality and initiative fit. Um, I got a very valuable idea from, I think, Mike from um, Ad Badger and Search Scientists who said to me, you should look for people who are batteries included, which means, you know, when you buy like a toy, it, has, it comes with batteries. The idea being like, oh, you have someone on the team who, who comes to you and they want to work with you. They're self-motivated. They're like the kind of person who's ready to take responsibility and lead the charge, you know, whatever that might be. And that has been a good guiding principle. So that I think I've done well. The thing I've done poorly is, is probably training. So getting adequate training for something as complex as Amazon PPC ad management, which continues to get more and more complex, um, is a real challenge. So that was probably the area that we're most deficient in. And now this year, we're actually starting to redo our kind of roles and responsibilities and just redid our org chart like two weeks ago. So firming that up has also been a challenge. Yep. Totally. Have you ever had any of those uh, absolutely horrible, oh shit, how am I going to pay my staff moments? No, thankfully not, actually. Uh, never had to draw on my own funds to do that. I mean, I would do that if it came down to the wire, but you sure. know, our margins are good enough that that's not been a problem. And we're fairly conservative with like, what we spend on. Um, yeah. you know, like I said, the company's been around since 2015. Only last month did we upgrade Slack to the paid version. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you can tell we're, we're kind of cheap in some areas for sure. It's kind of like Amazon, right? They're thrifty. They, they pay attention to where money goes out. And, you know, I pay big bonuses at the end of the year for some team members and stuff. So that does get invested back in people. And that's a good feeling. Um, but, but, yeah, we've never had one of those issues where I've had to, like, say, you know, mom, can I get $5,000 or, like, pull my credit card and up the limit? Um, yeah. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. That's very good. Very good. Yeah, no I'm, no I'm, need I'm to no need to go there. <laughs> no need to go there if you don't have to. Not just yet. Not just yet. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, what about what about sort of from a growing your team standpoint? How many managers and like how does your organization look like from that standpoint? Like are you, everyone reporting to you or do you have managers of various departments or how does the company look like at the moment? Sure, I'll try to give you a, a top-down overview of what uh, I, hope, I hope it'll look like by the end of this month, because we are doing a bit of a shuffle. Um, you know, I won't go into the history, because that's not terribly interesting. But at, sure. at this moment, we have myself, who I prefer to just say founder, and you know, I'm responsible for a yeah. lot of the top-level stuff, like um, sales and marketing at this point. I do a lot of like, helping with content creation, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then we have it split into different sections. So we have finance, and there's someone who heads that, reporting, someone who heads that. Um, there's uh, marketing and someone who we have uh, kind of as a part-time CMO at the moment. Um, yep. We don't need all their power full, full, full bore just yet. Um, and then we have uh, someone who's a, um, a COO who's kind of like, uh, you know, the operations person who's my right hand. And then um, the other person I alluded to earlier, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go into names just for privacy oh, reasons sure. in case, in case yep. people, in case people aren't comfortable with that. But Sure. Um, the, the, the guy who is my first hire is now the kind of head of ad strategy. And then nice. under that, we have um, kind of like teams. And each of the teams has an animal name, actually. And it's like a senior account manager and then one or more junior account managers. And if those junior account managers have problems, it's their job to report to the senior account managers for assistance. And sometimes those things get escalated up to me, um, depending on like 
how, uh, you know, how intensive a question it is about like account management or difficulty with the client's account or reaching their goals or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's mostly these pods, like these kind of management pods that people team up with. Um, and that means that those groups of people sometimes work on the same accounts, but not always. Um, and the team is always expected to help each other with stuff too. So that's what, what is- it looks like presently. Yeah, with like I said, 13, maybe soon to be 14 people. Awesome. Do, do you also have an animal name? Uh, no, I don't have an animal name because I just exist in this kind of like area up there. I, you know, I, I was talking about this with one of the people on the team just today because, uh, I mean, it's, it's just for fun. Like we do that and sure. some people pick like fictional animals and some people pick real animals and they have like these complex reasons for it. It's just a fun thing to do. Um, yep. And it gives the team sort of like an identity. But I wanted to reserve that for the, the PPC teams that are actually doing the hands-on management. And the reason okay. for that is like that is still the core of what we do. And that's like the most important thing we do. And so yep. I see that as like really central to our whole mission. Like if we, if we lose our way with that, then like we're not, we're not a good agency anymore. So we have to that like keep sense. that really strong. Yeah. Yeah. And how, like, how, how have it been like growing from having sort of individual contributors to a situation where you have managers in the organization like do you want to talk a little bit about like the maybe the first person you sort of put into a management role and you know how first of all how you got to that point and then basically like what what it felt like for you yeah so the first thing that i really needed to um get off my plate and give to someone who could do a better job a more consistent job would probably be uh, a lot of the client communications and back and forth. So uh, the person I hired for that, who now is the COO um, and has grown into that role, uh, originally came on with that kind of being like her primary mission um, in, addition to doing, in addition to doing some operations stuff. But as her role shifted and gave her more and more responsibility and she did a better and better job with it, quite honestly, um, decided that she was the right person to grow into that. I, I kind of do share your philosophy, Mads, of like having people on the team who you give them some tests and if they do really well and they excel in that direction, then you continue to give them more and more responsibility until they kind of, uh, you know, show that they're the right person for it. Instead of just hiring some person who maybe talks the talk and looks really good on paper, but they don't know your industry or your company just yet. Uh, it's a longer, slower process, but I do... I do like that way of doing it. And that's how uh, her development kind of happened. And that was a real game changer for me uh, personally, because I got to get out of a lot of that and focus on company growth. And that has really helped get us to where we are now instead of me being involved with those things. That makes a lot of sense. Good. It's always interesting to hear because I think for, for a lot of people, like a lot of my listeners there, they either maybe have some management already or you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're really looking to, to start building in a layer of management and uh, it's really yeah it's good for them to hear a lot of a lot of good examples right yeah i think you need to make it as clear as possible to that person what their responsibilities are and where they end like i want you to do this this and this and um you also this is something i really struggle with i could probably talk about for 20 minutes as part of this conversation but like i really struggle with letting go with some things and saying all right this is your jurisdiction and you have the responsibility and agency. And if you make a decision, I'm not going to come in at the last moment and go, no, 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 I want to do it this way, actually. Um, mm-hmm. You just got to say, you know, I respect your decision, I respect your jurisdiction, and whatever choice you make, uh, you know, I'll, I'll stand behind that. I trust you to do it. And that means the world to people. So yep. that's really important to have figured out. And I've learned that the hard way. People have approached me 
who have said, you know, you're not letting us do our job, <laughs> basically. Yep. Yeah, and that's, I mean, for a lot of sort of perfectionist and detail-oriented people, right, that, that is very common. I, I think for me, one thing that really made it significantly easier was setting very specific goals, right? Because so often when you're quite detail-oriented, you get boggled down in how it's done. But when mm -hmm. you actually set very clear KPIs and very clear goals for people, it's easier to just look at that goal and saying, are they hitting the number? Are they hitting the number? And, and really focus on number rather than the process, right? And let them own and manage the process. Uh, so that's, at least for me personally, that's something that have been uh, super helpful for me. I should be taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, again, it's a situation. Many, many people are in it, right? Like my, my, my focus and, and generally how I always talk around it is, is the fact that you're, you're always looking to do more valuable stuff, right? So if you're doing things right now that's, you know, if you're doing tasks right now that's worth 50 bucks an hour or someone getting paid 50 bucks an hour could do, then really your time will not be worth more than 50 bucks an hour, right? Mm -hmm. So really like that mindset for me have always been a huge help in, in sort of helping to really grow the business and really letting go, right? Because I can see like, I, I mean, if I look back in my career, like I was horrible at it as well. Like I would, you know, when my team went home, I would sit and check like, I don't know, the customer service inbox and like, oh, that's one email. Let me just answer to that. And just stupid stuff that made me feel mm -hmm. busy. But mm -hmm. it, it was, I mean, it was something like someone else would do it for 10 cents or 20 cents or something like where the time it took, right? But, you know, I just felt stupid. I, I wanted to check everything. And, you know, I, that was early on in my career when, when I wasn't yet uh, at the level I'm at now where, you know, I, I've, I've really learned to look at the numbers. I've really learned to, to let people take that ownership. And I find that really, yeah, that's really empowering at least. So you're using your, your superpower, so to speak, instead of your, your just normal powers you're able to execute on. Because, you know, what we do with ad management, I, I love to do. I still love the ins and outs of, okay, campaigns and keywords and, like, how are we going to set this up? How are we going to collect that data? How are we going to look at it? I love that stuff. I could do it for eight hours a day. I, I did it for 12 hours a day for years. <laughs> and, like, at this point, I'm kind of, like, I, I can't really do that so much anymore. I, I don't actively directly manage accounts. I have a lot of input and oversight on many of them. But, um, and I don't, I don't change the bids anymore. I don't do that stuff, but it still feels great. So you can fall into that trap where you're like, oh, you know, I'll just, you know, relax on a Wednesday night and do a couple hours of account management, but then I'm stepping on someone else's toes and, you know, I don't want to do that to people on the team. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think fundamentally you say you can't do that anymore. I, I, I think, and, and this is a conversation that I've had with a lot of clients, right? That. Mm -hmm. Like in what we do, there's this assumption that, you know, you have to be the business owner, you have to be the CEO. But I've actually worked with, with quite a few clients that just like you really love what they do. Like one of the girls I've worked with was a, was a writer, is a writer. And, you know, she literally hired a team around her, like similar to yourself. She had hired a CMO type person. She had hired a, a finance person and she had actually hired a CEO as well because she mm -hmm. just loves writing so much, right? So that's still an option, but it's very important to keep it up against what do I want to do? Do I want to build a business that makes a lot of money? Or you know, do I want to have a comfortable time doing what I love doing? And I, the ideal middle ground is often somewhere in between, right? But mm -hmm. I think it's 
mentality-wise, it's always very important to say, it's not that I can't do it, but you know, I'm making a conscious choice to focus on growing the business because yeah, I'm the best place at this. Because I think a lot of time for, in your mind, if you're saying like, you know, oh, I can't do that anymore, you, you're kind of prohibiting yourself and you, you kind of end up jumping into it just because you miss it once in a while, right? Right, and and maybe for writing, I don't really know. I'm not I'm not that great of a writer. <laughs> I uh, I struggle to send out our weekly, I'm sorry, our monthly newsletter to our clients. But uh, yeah, when it comes to PPC, it's like you have to uh, keep your hand in the game, so to speak, at least a little bit. And you know, I do do that. I've actively managed some accounts up until just recently uh, to understand the nuances of things. But I also have to have someone on the team whose job is one of that. That responsibility is one of their main responsibilities to keep up with the best practices and what's new and what's working in our accounts and you know collating and collecting the data related to it um so yeah there's that kind of like keeping your keeping your sword sharp concept which is also a part of that then then let me ask you the business question why do you need Mm -hmm. to keep that skill sharp i need to be able to speak to prospects and clients about it on sales calls or you know at conferences when i give talks that's an important thing i need to make sure that my knowledge is up to date and i don't get up on stage and you know say something that's 6 months old or not really relevant anymore um, that always concerns me you know because this is a very fast moving industry uh, spurred along by amazon's uh, aggressive plans for growing it you know it's their it's their ad platform so things are changing frequently. You know, that's one of my fears yeah. is that I'll get up on stage and people will be like, well, that's not true anymore. What is he talking about? You know, I don't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And any reason why your expert person couldn't do that while you were running the business? I'm not sure if he feels comfortable uh, being on stage just yet. Uh, I'm not makes, sure if he would be in, into that. Yeah, I mean, it could be a good thing to explore for sure. Uh, one thing we're doing this year is trying to send more people to conferences, even if I'm not with them. You know, historically, it would be, oh, I'll go to a conference and, you know, you guys can join me there. But this yeah. year, I want to say, all right, you know what, you're going to go to a conference and I want you to bring home this, this, and this in terms of uh, results. You know, talk to this many people, give some business cards, like, uh, yep. you know, go to this event, et cetera, et cetera, because our team is all over the world. I mean, we have people in Central America, North America, uh, Europe, Asia, uh, even have someone in South America right now. He's just traveling there, but still he's there. <laughs> so we, uh, you know, we have quite a big footprint geographically. Yep. And there's a lot of cool conferences happening everywhere. So very often there it's, are. it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily a, required for you to fly halfway around the world when you have a team member sort of living next door type thing. So exactly, exactly. Good, good, good way to cover more ground. Okay. Very, very interesting. Where, where, like from a, from a business standpoint, like where, where does most of your business come from? Like, have you, has it most, mostly been word of mouth or have you done very good sort of marketing or what, what's your, your sort of most consistent lead source? Uh, most consistent would be word of mouth and referrals for sure, which I think is the case for a lot of you know small business to business uh, companies. Ours is no exception there. Um, yep. We are ramping up more content marketing, and we have uh, referrals through you know, companies that aren't, aren't necessarily like partner companies, but are like companies we have nicer agreements with, where it's like, hey, we'll send you clients, you send us clients, cool. You know, there's no like paperwork or a percentage of this, percentage yep. of that. I'm not really focused on like these like small amounts of money changing hands for like affiliates or whatever. I don't really care about that. It's more about like, where can we serve the clients? And if we have this ecosystem of like trusted partners, then that's great. So we get referrals from that, which is fantastic. Um, Additionally, I have, I have two business partners who are not involved in the day to day, but 
you know, uh, jumped in in early 2018. And both of them have like very large networks. So that's been nice to have that. And that's like an advantage that's, uh, you know, somewhat unique and I think is hard to replicate. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're trying to do like more, you know, old school, <laughs> well, old school in the sense of the internet, uh, you know, content marketing and maybe even some paid traffic, which we've experimented with before. Uh, but we currently don't do, which is kind of funny because we're a paid ad, we're a paid uh, paid ads company. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's always interesting, right? I mean, it, yeah, every time you look at a, a web design company's website, you you get scared. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right, they're not they're not taking their own medicine. Yeah, they're too busy making it for other people, right? So why bother? Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So, um, just a, a couple sort of more managerial questions then, like. How, how do you, when, when you hire new staff, so you said you're just around hiring, how do you onboard new people? Like what's sort of your best tips and tricks and what, what have you found work really well for you guys? Yeah, good question. So um, I kind of look at it in two parts. There's uh, the first part, which is understanding the tools that we use as a company and becoming familiar with using those tools. So you're an effective member of the team. And then the second part is understanding what we do, right? Those two things are two separate things. And I think for a while, the training documentation and things we had was like a combination of both of those and it kind of muddied the waters. But I think that now we have a better uh, delineation between the two. So the first is like, yeah, this is Slack and this is, you know, we have a G Suite account we use as a company and this is how to use this and, you know, get familiar with Google Docs or whatever, all these different tools that we use now. And it's so easy with, with uh, you know, different cloud providers and tools online. Um, and then the second part would be that training. So what we've determined works really well for a training is what we call the Pathfinder Bootcamp. So basically we send people through uh, a series of like weeks of training, like here's the articles you need to read, listen to these podcasts, um, look at these SOP documents and videos that we've created and hopefully updated recently, uh, depending on how the tasks change. And then they actually get hands-on with accounts. So we start them off with training wheels, of course. We don't want anyone to be working with huge accounts and you know, making potentially grave errors there. So we start people off with the hands-on as soon as possible. Um, and that's how we've taken people through and, and had some people on the team who have you know, little to no ad experience. And then you know, two years later or six months later even, they're managing accounts that they never would have dreamt of uh, even before that time. That's been successful for us. I, I think separating those two is important. Yeah. yeah, I really like how you do that. And I think a lot of companies focus actually solely on the training aspect. They're like, this is how you use the system, this is the process, do this, do this, do this. And a lot of companies actually forget to give new employees, like particularly critical employees, give them a good overview of this is our business this is what we do, this is how we do it, this is our core mm. products, this is our mm -hmm. core customers. A lot of businesses actually totally overlook that, right? And, and as a new person joining a business, that, that information is so relevant to make day-to-day -day decisions that that's a big oversight in a lot of companies, right? Right, like how, how does what I'm doing fit into the larger picture kind of thinking? Yeah, people need exactly. to understand that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I could probably do an even better job on that. Like we have our core values, for instance, which you know, we do take seriously and we do talk about. Um, yep. And like that's on our website, but that's also one of the first things you see when you're training is like, this is, this is kind of who we are as an identity. And yep. we're, we're very upfront about that when we have people who might want to join the company too, because they need to know this is what we stand for. If you, like, if you agree with these things and you like the way they sound, then you might be a good, might be a good fit here. Yep. Love it. Okay. 
What about, I mean, we, we touched on delegation already, right? So if we, if we just go down on delegation a little bit more and, and talk mm-hmm. through that. So what what's sort of been your um, lifespan on delegation? Like how have you gone through delegation so far and what's sort of the key lessons you have learned and sort of the, again, the sort of tips and tricks on delegation that you could share? Well, there's the, the one framework that I've used uh, for a while is like the Eisenhower grid, like that two by two. Yep. Are you familiar with this? Yep. Yeah, so there's like do, defer, delegate, and delete, right? So you have four different categories you can put things into. And using that framework for determining what I shouldn't be working on has been probably the most useful thing. It's either something that someone else can complete much faster or they can do much better. So if it falls on one of those two criteria, then I'm going to try to figure out who on the team is right for that. And usually I have that person in mind like straight away. And so it's a, just a matter of talking to them on a call, you know, 20 minutes and explaining it or setting it up in our task management system, you know, with like a, with like a task assigned to it. And yep. uh, the idea is those people in those roles already have a very clear idea of what their role entails. So they know exactly what they should be responsible for and should be doing. So it shouldn't be a surprise. You know, there are definitely ad hoc requests that we have to make to people on the team and, you know, people make to me, of course. Um, but that, that should be less and less the case going forward. I'm not sure if that gets to your, gets to the heart yeah, of your question. Definitely. I, I think that's, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. I'm, I, I'm, I, I like the Eisenhower, Eisenhower model that the one I, I, I kind of struggle with a little bit is the fact that, you know, sometimes I might be the one who can do it fastest, but because I'm paid significantly more, I'm still not the right person to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. sometimes even though someone can do it and it might take longer, they might still be a much better person to do it. But, but yeah, generally it's, it's, it's a really nice framework. And it actually, it's really good when you're looking at emails, for example. I, I mm-hmm. really love it because it's a great way to run through a large volume of email and, you know, clear it out and, and say, well, do I do it? Is it something that needs to be done later? Or, do, you know, do I give it to someone else or just totally delete? All right, so... Yep. Yeah, because we've all been in that situation where you do have that email and it eats up so much of your mental RAM, you know, for a day or two days or a week. Totally. And you, you finally send it or delete it or do whatever. And you're like, oh, I just should have done that from the beginning. I mean, I have one of those right now open and I'm thinking about it like an open loop in my head, right? So after this call, got to go resolve that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Very good, man. I think that's, uh, that's some very good, very good advice and some very good tips so far. Um. From a management standpoint, like what, what do you personally enjoy with like managing other people? Like what, what's, what's sort of the core thing you enjoy the most about? Oh, uh, yeah, this is an easy one. I, I really enjoy how people's personalities come out in the work that they do. You know, if, if someone like is, is more careful and methodical and you can see it in the work that they do and the way they communicate or fun stuff, like, um, like someone on my team, for instance, uh, is, is from Switzerland, but he played uh, football, like American football for years in Switzerland. And then you just like talk to him about that and like that experience and, and, all, the, and all the information that is behind that. Like that's a lot of uh, interesting life experience in Europe where I, n- I never would have expected that American football was popular. And so <laughs> it's just like all these experiences that people have in their life all combine to inform the kind of person they are and the kind of work they do. And so I like how those little bits of personality show and work. Um, that's, that's one of the first things that I really enjoy. And then I would say the second piece that's kind of related to that would be um, 
uh, yeah, how people can surprise you. You, you know, you might give uh, someone a task or delegate something to someone and they do a way better job than you ever had envisioned yourself. And they totally. do a way better job than you would have done, which is yeah. equally as important. And so that is uh, such a rewarding thing to have happen. And I love having people on the team who are so sharp and they can, they can deliver on that stuff. That like really, that really makes me like, yeah, that, that just makes it for me. That, that's like way better than a lot of other things with, with businesses, like that feeling. <laughs> yeah. No, totally go. I, I totally follow that. And I mean, that's one of the beautiful things when, when you start hiring people and working with people for a period of time and, you know, give them ownership and stuff. And like, like I have a whole bunch of stuff in my business that I know absolutely nothing about how it happens or why it happens and so on. And, and, you know, it's really, really nice when you have people who are much more qualified than yourself doing mm-hmm. things that just mm-hmm. works, right? Like it's, that's the machine and that, that's the stuff I love building. I mean, I personally, I love building teams and I love building organizations and so on. And really seeing that come to fruition and, and really, yeah, see people blossom. That's, that's amazing feeling. I think. I like the idea you just touched on there, Mads, which is like this concept of people in the company doing stuff that you don't even understand how it works or don't necessarily need to understand the machinery of how it works. Cause that has only more recently started to happen than me. Um, where I've, you know, taken my hands out of stuff or said, okay, this is the responsibility of you and you and you, or just you. And then I come back to it later and like, they have a mature system for that. And I look into it or I examine it and I'm like, huh, that works pretty well. And, you know, I had little to nothing to do with the setup and current execution of it, but they have determined because they're smart, uh, what needs to be done. And if I come in and I try to give my two cents, like I don't have the informed opinion anymore and I should basically keep my nose out of it. You know, that's kind of my, <laughs> kind of my sense of it at this point. And, and actually like a really good trick here, like, and, and a lot of this online business advice is, is kind of the cause for this. But what mm-hmm. one thing is most entrepreneurs think they need to figure something out and then delegate it. And they're constantly mm-hmm. trying to figure out everything in the business and delegating it. Right, a right. Very, very good advice is instead, if you hire some bright people, if you need, like an, an example for me is the podcast here, right? When I needed to start a podcast, yep, I could totally have sat down and figured out how to do it and do everything the best way. But instead, like I, I hired a girl, I gave her the responsibility and, you know, she had a HR background. She had nothing to do with podcasting, to be honest. She probably mm-hmm. never heard of podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I laid out some very clear goals this is that needs to happen once a week uh, you know we need to have some good show notes we have to make sure there's a good email feedback to clients uh, to the people on the show etc cetera, etc cetera. and basically that way set, set some very clear expectation for the, the sort of goals for the podcast right and that way i i let her run with it i let her figure out like how we're gonna host the podcast if it's even called that uh, like I, I let her figure out everything, but the golden nugget, and, and this is something most entrepreneurs could really benefit from is when there's new stuff that needs to be done in your business, try and give the responsibility for doing it to someone in your team instead of taking it yourself. Because when you do that, you stop being the expert and the person you give it to is the person people come and ask questions instead of you. Right. I think that last part is the, is the biggest distinction because yeah. Uh, we do have these kind of car- compartmentalized aspects, like, you know, someone's responsible for overall ad strategy, and we have people who are responsible for other smaller pieces, um, you know, like finance, for instance. Someone messaged me the other day, what's the credit card we can use to buy this piece of software? And I said, 
don't talk to me, talk to this person. <laughs> and sure yeah. enough, they did. They went and bothered them and, you know, they got it solved faster than I ever would because they have all the information on file. They, you know, they use it all the time, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, I mean, for instance, like a good example from my own business is like, I don't necessarily want to figure out our social media presence. You know, like we had a Facebook page, which I rarely posted to, but I'm not really much of like a social media person in general. So I wasn't really like keen on doing that. But we had the marketing person come in, our part-time CMO, and he's a pro and he's got it loaded in software. He's got it automated. He's got it all sorted out. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the expert at that. And he's more than capable of already handling that. I don't need to learn. So that's, that's okay with me. Awesome. Yeah. Very good, Brent. Very good. Um, definitely been a pleasure talking with you. Any sort of last hints and tips and the likes that you want to share with the audience? Any amazing resources or the likes? Uh, amazing resources. Only one thing comes to mind, um, and that would be uh, Dynamite Jobs. We've got a lot of our best hires from Dynamite Jobs. If you're running a remote team, that has been awesome for us because the, the pool of people there are those who are already interested in um, I almost, I almost spoke French. In French, it would be dématérialisé, <laughs> like a, a remote, <laughs> re remote work. Um, yeah. Basically, uh, yeah, so people who are looking to work from a distance. Um, and because that's already like one of the pre-selected uh, kind of groups of people who listen to that podcast and are on that site, which I think is like thousands of you know, members they have on there now uh, yeah. uh, looking for jobs they already get the whole thing. Like they get Slack. They know that they have to, uh, you know, be flexible sometimes with hours and, uh, you know, be on that call at seven o'clock in the morning, their time, if it's one o'clock for me here or whatever, you know, that, that's just the constraints of like a global economy and, and that. So that has been a big, like 80, 20 for us is using that site to find candidates. And a lot of them have been very accomplished people who are just, you know, have had, have had great careers or currently do are just looking to uh, do remote work and travel around and they want more flexibility and freedom. So that's been a huge one. Um, the other thing I would say as far as like tips or tricks, um, hire earlier than you think you should <laughs> would, be my other, would be my other piece of advice. Love it. Yeah. It, very, very, very rarely have I ever heard people say, oh, I hired too early. Like, it's always like, oh, I right. wish I hired an, a year earlier, six months exactly. earlier. But exactly. uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever had a coaching client that have said like, oh, I hired too early. I, I've seen once or twice I asked a question. Uh, when I'm speaking to a large crowd and sometimes I see a couple of hands go up, but uh, yeah, very, very rarely people, people hire too early. Right. I, I can't, I can't think of a single time when I've said that for anyone on our team. And like, if, like I said, at the top of the call, even now where we have a lot of clients, you know, coming on board, doing a lot of audits and, you know, I wish we had more people on the team as it is and we're working on that, but uh, yeah, it would be nicer if we already had it done. So. Excellent. Well, yeah. fantastic. If people want to get in touch with you, Brent, what's the best contact details and so on? Uh, yeah, sure. If you just Google AMZ Pathfinder, that's like AMZ uh, Pathfinder. You can find us on, uh, you know, Google, obviously, but you can find us on Facebook too. If you want to email uh, us directly, you can email hello at amzpathfinder.com. Um, that works too. And uh, Perfect. Yeah, if you want to get in touch, that, all, the, all those ways work. I'm happy to take calls with anybody about anything Amazon related. Uh, it's always fascinating to talk to sellers or business owners from all different corners of the Amazon world. You know, we know a lot of people in the industry and it moves so fast. There's always something going on. So it's exciting to talk to people. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Brent. It was a pleasure having you. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for the call. This is nice. 
Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.